All right, take your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. All right, all of you are probably familiar with Polaris. Yes, so how many are familiar with Polaris? Okay, by that I don't mean like the brand of uh, skidoos and side-by-side. So that's all the guys like, okay, I don't know who it is then, all right? Polaris, Paul still knows. Polaris is, how many are familiar with the North Star? Okay, that's Polaris. All right, so that's the North Star. That's the name of the North Star. The North Star has been used for centuries for people to find their way, to navigate by in the darkness, right, on the sea for uh, centuries and centuries because it remains stationary, or pretty much stationary, over the North Pole while the rest of the stars rotate around it. It's, the, it's a focal point. It's a way that you, you can find their bearings, even out in the middle of the ocean, in the darkness. If you could see the stars, you could kind of find the North Star or Polaris, and you could figure out your way from there. And there was a sextant that they used to figure out the, the angle of the sky and all that kind of stuff to help them find the way, if you could find and locate uh, the North Star, Polaris, all right? Well, throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, we've been studying for several weeks now, the author, uh, which the book of Ecclesiastes means the preacher, the preacher who we think is Solomon, uh, Solomon paints this dark picture of life under the sun. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity under the sun. Vexation of spirit. He talks about how life is unfair, that sometimes it seems like the righteous people get the raw end of the deal, and sometimes the, the bad people get the good end of the deal. Why is that so unfair? And, and why is it just a grind to life? And, it, and there's a, a discomfort to life, and there's all these seasons of life, and sometimes it's the time to cry, and sometimes it's the time to weep, and sometimes it's the time to laugh, and sometimes it's the time it's not. And all these things, this is part of life, and, and it's kind of a dark backdrop that he paints. We talked about a few little things that he does say we can enjoy, but now we're going to talk about the North Star. Uh, The conclusion of the whole matter he talks about in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And so he spent this time, and even if we look back in the beginning chapters in chapter 2, I think on your outline I have chapter 2 verse 3, he says this, I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom and to lay hold on vanity. Now here's what he's looking for. Till I might see what was that good for the sons of men that they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. He's basically saying, I'm looking for the right way to live life. How should a guy live his life all his days under the sun? What's the right, what's the best way? How can we make the best choices? How can I figure, so he tried all these dead ends, he tried all these things, and he gives us this book of Ecclesiastes, and it's a pretty complicated book, to be honest. There's some interesting things that he says, but now he points us here as we come to a close in chapter 12 to the North Star. This is how we navigate in a world that's broken by sin. Hey, kids, can I tell you this? The world that you're going to grow up in uh, is broken by sin. It's not going to be, if we read the Bible, what we want life to be like, and the world we live around us are going to be two different things. That's the way life is. And life is broken, and there's sin around us. But through all that, how can we navigate? Well, we have this conclusion to the whole matter. So he takes this deep study of life and all its complexities, and it is kind of a complicated book. But he narrows it down to a very simple conclusion. And you, most of you know the verse. We're going to spend our time on one verse today. And just, it's not a very complicated message. And I don't apologize for that because it's Bible. It's very simple. 
but it has some very deep truth to it. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, then we'll pray, and I'll give you some thoughts on that verse. Verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. What a simple, simple verse to bring to a close a very complex look at life. And life is not always easy. It's not always simple. Just when you think you've got things figured out, you don't have it figured out. And just when you get one place in your life and think, I'll have happiness and satisfaction there, you find some emptiness there until you want to be over there and then you want to be over there and you want to be over there. And, you, and people spend their whole life trying to get somewhere that they can't find. That's what it means, vexation of spirit. You're chasing the wind. You can't get it. But there's a conclusion to the whole matter. And if we understand this conclusion, you can be happy if you're here and you can be content if you're here. And if you're, you go over to the Philippines, some of you may know the Philippines where people have almost nothing, but they seem to have happiness and joy because they understand that the conclusion to the whole matter. There's something more to life that brings meaning to all the darkness and brings meaning to all that's going on. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us understand these simple truths today. Lord, I pray that in this time that you'll open our eyes to your truth. I, I don't have all the answers. We don't have the answers. We're trying to figure things out. And Lord, I pray that as we look at your word, that this uh, conclusion would be something that would root deep into our hearts and would af affect and impact how we decide to live our life starting immediately, starting today and th this week and the week after, that we would see this North Star that you put here to help us navigate through broken, a broken world. So please help us, Lord. We, we need you today. In your name we pray. Amen. So this conclusion of the whole matter, two connected truths we see here. Fear God, keep his commandments. So number one, let's talk about it. Fear God. Fear God. What does it mean to fear God? It's not an easy thing to just like explain. It, it, you gotta kinda, in fact, I've been saved for a long time, and I don't know that I have a great definition of what it means to fear God. It's a reverence or respect for God, for sure. There's an there's a, there's a awesomeness to God that we got to stand in awe of God and, and respect. I heard, uh, I think it was Pastor Levi I heard first use this illustration of Niagara Falls, uh, how you can stand and admire the beauty of Niagara Falls, but there is an awesomeness and respect. You don't want to get too close to the edge of Niagara Falls because there is a, there is a respect of the power behind Niagara Falls. And I think if you just study just the Old Testament of the, of the Bible, you might come to a more of a conclusion of how it is to fear God because God is revealed most often in like power and fire and in and, and those ways. In the New Testament, God's revealed in Jesus Christ, a loving, caring, healing, firm authority figure. And we live in a New Testament mindset, but this is to fear God, to have respect for God's power, for his holiness, for his awesomeness. Here's some things we do know about the fear of God um, in the Bible. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. We know that. The Bible says that. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So as you fear God, that's how you begin to make good decisions in your life. That's wisdom. How to, how to navigate in this broken world, this dark world, a fear of God will be very, the very beginning step to help you make good decisions. You guys want to make good decisions as young adults as you go into careers and relationships. 
fear God will help you navigate uh, this broken world. I look around at different stages and ages and people who are just starting families and some who are uh, just getting into grandparenting. Every age and stage has its own difficulties, but you know what? There's a, there's a guy in light. Fear God will help you have wisdom in all those areas. So we know this about the fear of God. It's the beginning of wisdom. We know this about the fear of God. The fear of God is to hate evil. So as God defines in the Bible for us, what does it mean to fear God? It's the beginning of wisdom and it's to hate evil. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. And so as we fear God, we will hate evil. And that shows up and those two go hand in hand. Fear of God goes with wisdom. Fear of God goes with a, a, a hatred of what's wrong. And yes, this world's full of wrong and we can learn in, in our life, even though we have to be in the world, we can be in the world but not of the world because we hate evil. That's a fear of God. We know this about the fear of God. The fear of God is the opposite of the fear of man. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And so this, this is helpful to me. It's always helpful to take what you do understand to compare what you don't understand so that you can understand it, right? So I know what it's like to fear man. I have lived it. I have done that. I remember leaving uh, high school, going to Pensacola Christian College, where I knew that two people of the 3,000 students that were there. there was a, and I felt like I, everywhere I went, I was like on, I was a little edged. Like I, I, I wanted to say the right thing and do the right thing because every person I met was a new person. And at Pensacola, they kind of like throw you in there. They, uh, they, give you, they assign seats for everything. Every class had an assigned seat. Every chapel had an assigned seat. So every place I sat, I was sitting by brand new people. At dinner, you had to go to dinner. It was required. You got demerits for not going to dinner, and they gave you a table of eight people to sit with. You didn't get to pick the table you wanted to go to. You sat there, you ate that, and you sat with those people for a few weeks, and then they changed your table. And so everywhere I went, I was like, not afraid, like, but you know, you're on edge. Like, I want to say, you're living consciously about what do they think about me? What, what do they think about me? You're living in conscious and constant understanding what people will think about you. I remember when I had to go to uh, my freshman year speech class. Hated speech class. Hated. I had to get up and do like poetry. Can you imagine that? Like, under the spring chestnut tree. Like, like <laughs> that's not my thing. Like, they had to take this and circle this and emphasize this word and do this and, like, all this. I, I, I had to do it, though. I, I had to sit around people, about 20 people. I didn't know and get up there. I remember, like, getting ready for speeches and, like, being sweaty and, and like, my knees being shaky. And, like, I was worried about what people thought about me. I understand the fear of man. I understand the fear of man to this day when it comes time when I'm talking about something and maybe the Lord's name could come up and I could talk about Jesus Christ and salvation. And, and I know that, that little lump in your throat that you kind of get. Maybe, I understand the fear of man. So the fear of man is when you live in consciousness of what someone might think about you. So let's take what we know about the fear of man and apply it to the fear of God. Do we live daily consciously thinking, what does God think of me? 
what, what, is, what would God think about how I handle this situation? What would God think about how I speak to What would God think about it? What would God, living conscience, conscious of what God thinks, that's, that's the fear of God. It's the opposite. If you're fearing man, you can't fear God. When you fear God, you don't fear man. Like, so the, those two are, are opposites of each other. And so I think it's a conscious concern about what God is thinking, living in the presence of God. And so I hope that gives you a better understanding. When God says very simply, you want to, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. You want to do your whole duty? You want to finish the course? You want to do it all? Fear me. Live in a conscious, consistent thought process of what pleases me. And understand I'm holy and I'm powerful and I, and I see you and I know you. That's the fear of God. Hey kids, tomorrow when you go to school, Fear God. He seeds you. On the, on the playground, when your teacher isn't looking and you can get away with something, God sees you. Adults, as we're talking to people in our neighborhood, God sees us. He knows us. Living that conscience. That, again, it's not a fear like, oh, I'm afraid of God. No, it's a, I have an awesome respect of God. And he knows me and he sees me. That's a fear of God. Simply put, God says, or the author here says, here's the conclusion. Fear God. Easy to say, harder to understand, even harder to do. Fear God. Number two, you can write the outline, keep his commandments, all right? Not very, not very hard. Fear God, keep his commandments. The Bible is full of commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt. They're in the Bible. We don't know, I'm not here to give you all God's commands. Obviously, that would be impossible. We know this about the Bible, from the Bible. His commandments aren't grievous. They're not like, it's meant to be heavy upon us. They're meant to be helpful to us, not heavy on us. So not grievous to us. But when Jesus was approached in the New Testament, what's the greatest command, right? He had, you know the story. He broke it down to two very simples. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make this simple, here's what Jesus said about keeping his commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So if you want to break down everything in the Bible about fear God and keep his commandments, keeping his commandments, love God, love others. I know it's simple. But isn't it, isn't it nice that God gives us a simple solution to a complex world? <laughs> like, isn't it nice that you can walk out of here today and say, I'm going to concentrate my life this week on fearing God and keeping his commandments. And if I can do that, that will keep me on the right path. That will help me make it. That's the beginning of wisdom. And, and I'll, I'll hate evil. And I'll make right decisions. And, and I'll please God. And I'll be a help to other people if I just fear God and keep his commandments. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbors as yourself. Elsewhere, he says to his disciples, he took it one step further. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. There, later on, he says, what do you say? Love one another as I have loved you. So that's a, that's, a, that's a step up. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said, well, that's a pretty good measuring stick. Love your neighbor as yourself. That'll get you by. But you really want to go and be right? Love one another as I have loved you. He used himself as the example of how we all love one another. So you want something to aim for this week? Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I want you to notice this. These are not checklist items. It's not that easy. Wouldn't it be great? What if he had said, 
Let me give you the conclusion of the whole matter. Read your Bible and pray every day. And you do the whole duty of man. That'd be easy. I, I actually literally have on my phone the uh, Version Bible app. Some of you use that. I'm with a group of guys, and they read a devotional. And so as I read the devotional, uh, I literally read the devotional, and I push my finger under, and a check mark appears. And then I go to the, the, the Bible verses that go with it. I read those verses, and a check mark appears. I literally check off a checklist as I read my Bible. Wouldn't it be that easy if God says, here's the whole duty. Get up in the morning, read your Bible, and pray. You're done for the day. That's it. You've done it. You've got the whole duty. It's not a checklist. There is no, there is no spiritual checklist. That if you do these five things, you're okay. He says, here's a checklist. Fear God. Keep his commandments. You'll never, ever get done. <laughs> It's not a checklist. So you can get up tomorrow morning, and in the first part of the morning, you could fear God and keep his commandments, and by the end of the day, you could be living selfishly and on your own. It is a day-by-day walk with God. That's why I think I have it on your outline there. It's not about the rules. It's always been about relationship. It's always been about... If God wanted to make it about rules, it would been very easy. For, I mean, the Bible would have probably been a lot less than just one page. And say, Here's the rules. Follow this. Do this, and you'll be okay. It's not that. It's about a relationship. It's a growing relationship based upon His Word and your knowledge of Him as you grow. You can fear God more and love God more and love others more, and you fear God more and love God more. And so it's a relationship that continues to grow. This is the whole duty of man. This is the bright star. This is the north star as you navigate life. Let me wrap it up. How many of you have ever gone bowling and used the bumpers? Be honest. All right. All right. What's the purpose of the bumpers? We know the purpose of the bumpers. Obviously, the bumpers are designed to keep you out of the gutters and on the right path. Right? It keeps you out of the gutters and, and keeps you, and you can bounce off two or three times as long as you get, in the end, you kind of get in the, in the right general direction. It keeps you out of the gutters and on the right path. So now picture in your mind these two concluding truths, fear God and keep his commandments. These are the two bumpers. All kinds of choices. You're going to make choices tomorrow that I will never make. I, I can't sit here and say, here's the five choices you need to make tomorrow and here's how you should make. I, we couldn't do that. But I can tell you what should guide your choices tomorrow one bumper, fear God. The other bumper, keep his commandments. And if you do that, it keeps you out of the gutters and on the right path. And so that, that applies if you're in your 80s or if you're eight. It still applies. Fear God, keep his commandments. So as you navigate life, ask yourself, can I fear God? How can I fear God? How will I keep his commandments? How can I love God and love others in this decision? Uh, but you say, I was treated unfairly. You probably were. The, Ecclesiastes says it's going to happen. Life's unfair. You know what you should do when you're treated unfairly? Fear God. Keep his commandments. That'll keep you out of the gutters on the right path. Because if you got treated unfairly and you get angry and upset and bitter and, and then you get off in the gutter. Because you're not focusing on fearing God and keeping his commandments. How can I fear God in this situation and love God and, and love others and let's stay on the right path? Well, I'm just getting tired, Pastor. I'm getting tired that this world is just grinding me down. This, there's a grind to life and it's heavy. Yes. Yes, what? Ecclesiastes said it's going to be that way. <laughs> no shocker. No surprise. 
How do you not give up? I'll tell you how you not get, you fear God and you keep his commandments and it keeps you out of the gutters and it keeps you going the right path, right? That's what, there's all kinds of temptation. Man, you young people and, and, and young adults, you have all kinds of temptations in front of you and, and you can give off, get off course so easy and so fast and you know how you stay on the right track? You fear God and you keep his commandments and it keeps you out of the gutters and on the right path. So this whole book of Ecclesiastes is wrapped up in this verse that we ought to memorize and live. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Just imagine Solomon saying, hey, bring it in, bring it in. Let me tell you one more thing. I've talked about a lot of things, but here's the one thing you need to know. I remember like a picture now like in my basketball days, the coach going through all the game plan and all that stuff. He's like, okay, bring it in, guys. Remember, don't forget this. Right? This, this is fear God, keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. And that is the conclusion to the matter, other than there's one more verse that we're going to look at next week. All right? We're going to look at one more verse about the judgment. And I'm going to spend a week talking about the day that's coming in the future when God's going to judge us because it makes it just goes right. Fear God, keep his commands, hold to any man because there's a judgment day coming and God's going to judge us based upon our life. For God will bring every work into judgment, whether in every secret thing, whether it be good, whether it be bad, whether it be evil. And that'll be next week, and we'll finish up the book of Ecclesiastes. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? No one looking around. It's, it's exciting to me that God made this so simple. I honestly, if you take a time to study through the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll wrap your head around certain verses and try to figure things out. And Solomon is pretty complicated in some things and kind of bounces around on different things. But the end's very direct. Will you this week, will you today, live in a consciousness of the presence of God and his holiness and his awesomeness and his power in your life? Not that you're afraid of him, but there's a reverential fear and respect of God. And in doing so, will you keep his commandments by loving him with all your heart? Well, how do I know if I'm loving God with all my heart? I can't answer that question for you. Oh, there's certain things you can analyze and examine, but it's not a checklist. And will you love other people as yourself or love other people the way Christ loves us? That's the whole duty of man. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us to take about this, take this uh, verse serious in our life, Lord. I pray that it would guide us. Uh, I don't know the decisions that lay in front of people this week. I, I think of a man who used to come to our church who's struggling with uh, some mental health issues, and he's, he's having a hard time today. And, and you know that. You know more than I do, Lord. I, I don't know how he's going to get through that, but Lord, I hope him, that I, I pray that he'll fear God and keep his commandments the whole time. And I think of another young man who, who just lost a loved one and going through that right now. That was unexpected. And Lord, I pray you'll help them as their family gets together that they'll love God and keep the commandments. And I know of people who are financially struggling in life and trying to make decisions. Lord, help us to love God keep our command. Lord, some who are struggling with bitterness and unfairness and the grind, they're just tired. Oh God, whatever it is, I pray that you'll help us to see clearly how we can fear you 
and keep your commandments. That you might be pleased with our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.